What we've got here is failure to communicate. Thank you for listening. I am Bob. And I'm Bruce. And we are failing to communicate, and this is episode 263 of the podcast where we talk about movies, TV, video games, MMA, whatever the hell we want. And that just so happens to be the movie Phantom Thread on this episode, as well as UFC on Fox 28 in a preview of UFC 222 and whatever else we've been watching, playing, feel like talking about. Thinking. Yeah, thinking. You got it. <laughs> you know the gist. What's going on, buddy? Not a lot of same shit, different day. How about you? Same, different day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I got nothing to talk about on the preview. Oh, yes, I do. Lied straight to your face. I I um, wrote another article for Baltimore Sports and Life. This time, it's previewing the 2018 Oscar Best Picture race. Um, I'll link to that in the show notes. But basically, I just went through the nine nominees, gave like a paragraph of, on each, and ranked them one through nine, on the, where I would place them in my uh, rankings of the movies that are nominated. And then I gave my top ten movies of the year at the bottom nice. of the thing. Yeah, I know we already talked about it. He, uh, what's your gut feeling going with? On what I think is going to win or what I want to win? Best picture, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess both. Okay. Maybe we already talked about this, but... We could talk again. No one listens anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want Dunkirk to win, although I would also be, spoiler alert, happy if Phantom Thread won. But I don't think it will. Um, yeah. Seems like... I mean, this is a wide, this is probably the most wide-open race in recent memory. Yeah. There literally are like four or five movies that have at least a slim possibility of taking home the statue. Seems like the front-runner right now is The Shape of Water with three billboards in second place and then Dunkirk get out in Lady Bird with like slim outside shots. Yeah. So my official prediction you you predict first. Uh, I'm gonna say Shape of Water wins. Um, wow, what a chalk eater. But yeah well you have no seen, balls. Literally no have, <laughs> <laughs> Having seen a few of the nominees now, um I mean, I have different feelings about each movie, but... Uh, I would hope they weren't all the same. <laughs> yeah, but I just... I, personally, I liked Cheaper Water best out of them. That's um, cool. So. Yeah, that's nice. It's always it's always a good feeling when the movie that's probably going to win is also your favorite. I think that yeah. that happened with me, like The, the Departed, uh, whenever that I'll won. I'll tell you, it did not happen with me last year. Moonlight, yes. it. Ha- oh my god, last year was so good. <laughs> I liked La La Land, you know, I liked it a lot, and yeah. I would have been fine with that winning, but it was so sweet to have, like, I knew Manchester by the Sea wasn't going to win, so my second favorite movie, swoop in at the last second and steal it, that was amazing. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, my official bold prediction, Get Out wins Best Picture. 
that would be incredible. That would be cool. I like Get Out. Yeah. I don't know if it's like the kind of movie that they give those awards to, but... I'm just, look... I would disagree <laughs> with it, but... If I, anyway. predi- if I predict The Shape of Water, the, the favorite, no one, no one would ever know or care. I go out on a limb, predict Get Out, and it wins. I'm a genius. <laughs> if it loses, nobody remembers. Yeah, like you said, if you're right, we'll talk about it. If not, you'll never hear about it again. That's the name of the game here. <laughs> yeah, I will rub it in everybody's face <laughs> next week. Uh, yeah. Speak- <laughs> Speaking of next week, I'm looking forward to uh, We're going to have a special guest come on the show. Our first guest since we rebranded to Fail to Communicate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Edgar Chaput. Very nice. Excited. Yeah, you haven't podcasted with him before. He'll probably hate you, but uh, no. <laughs> I'm excited to have him back on. He's our most frequent guest. Comes on like two or three times a year, seems like. I think that math checks out. And uh, yeah, we're going to review the fall box office draft, which will conclude after the Oscar winners are announced. We're also going to review said Oscars. We'll see if I can brag about Get Out winning or not. And what else? Oh, yeah, we're going to promote his new podcast, The James Bond Complex, by doing a little uh, sam- James Bond sample sampler in appetizer speak at a restaurant. A little <laughs> round table. I won't say which movies quite yet. And we're going to review Black Panther as well, the biggest, hottest release out there right now. Very nice. Yeah, should be fun. But this week is also going to be cool because we're talking about Paul Thomas Anderson's Phantom Thread, which had a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, was my number one most anticipated movie of the, probably of the year, but I don't think I knew about it at the beginning of the year. I can't remember. Definitely of the fall. And uh, supposedly Daniel Day-Lewis's final performance as an actor also, really? st- yeah, that's what he says. Uh, also starring Vicky Creeps and Leslie Manville, two actresses that I had never seen or heard of before, but I'm happy that they're now in my actor lexicon. Cause yeah, they, they, were, they were nice. They were good. Good actors. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Phantom Thread is basically the story of a dressmaker played by Daniel Day-Lewis, a designer. Basically, I guess it's a period piece. I want to say, what year? Maybe 50s? Uh, yeah, I think it just says in the 50s. Yeah, something like that. And, uh, yeah, he's like a genius. He's uh, the best in the biz. And basically, yeah. he meets Vicky Creep's character. I can't remember the character's name. but uh, Alma. Alma. Alma, yeah. And they kind of, I don't know, it seems like fall in love, but it could, it's just... Very they, strange, very strange. Yeah, they have some kind of connection where, it's almost just like she has the perfect body for him, like to be a model for his dressmaking, you know, yeah. it's almost like she's just a prop, but they basically have a connection, they start to live together, and the movie pretty much just follow, details their, uh, their relationship between each other, and then his sister, Cyril, 
comes into the picture, played by Leslie Manville. And it's, it's like her right hand man. Yeah. Woman. Yeah. And it's basically just, you know, how these three people interact with each other and ups and downs and this triangle, even though it's not like your typical, you know, romantic triangle. No, definitely not. Um, not even your typical romance at all. But yeah, <laughs> what, what did what were your expectations and what did you think of Fan Thread? Uh, Expectation-wise, I didn't know really anything about what the movie was about, but, I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis just carries so much with him that you expect, uh, uh, you know, a great movie. Um, He's usually, like, a heavy, heavy character actor and puts a lot into him. I feel like, not that this was by any means a bad performance, I thought it was outstanding, but it's not, like, so... Showy. Yeah, it's not, like, such a big, like, flamboyant, so to speak, character. It's very him it's more what Daniel Day-Lewis is really like I feel like not I don't know what he's actually like but his voice and all you know what I mean yeah I didn't hear what you're getting and I agree it's a very subtle performance it's very naturalistic and yeah, yeah he knocks it out of the park he's nominated for best actor I would love to see him take him the prize although looks like Gary Oldman's got this one in the bag for Darkest yeah. Hour but yeah I loved his performance it's like you said it's not showy he's not chewing on scenery in a typical sense it's not Daniel Plainview from There Will Be Blood saying my boy you know <laughs> it's uh he's very soft spoken but firm he's an egotistical maniac oh, very, yeah. you know it's very complex very character yeah he's cold hearted but then it's sometimes he's not it's it, yeah He's got, like, this charismatic smile, but then, I mean, he, nothing is going to get in the way of his work. Then that's why he's so good at it, you know. That's, yeah. like, the curse of being an artistic genius, so to speak, is that, you know, he's dedicated. Oh, very. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, like, watching the movie <clears throat> halfway I don't know, a quarter halfway through, I was like, man, this guy's a fucking dick. Like, <laughs> you don't really, I was like, this is just crazy. It's like him, it's like emotionally abusive to an mm-hmm. extent. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's, it gets more complex, as you said, as the movie goes on and you see more of it, but it doesn't get any less confusing. At least, like, the, their relationship and their uh, the charisma between the two of them. Yeah, and we're going to have to talk spoilers at a certain point. Uh, we'll just, after we give our overall thoughts. Yeah. Because it's going to be hard to talk about without spoilers. Yeah, definitely. What did you like it though? Oh yeah, I liked it a lot. I mean, and it, it's really kind of a movie I feel like you have to see in a whole to like it and appreciate it for what it was. Because like, like I said, with him being a dick when I was about halfway through, I was like, I don't know if I really like this. There's not a whole lot to it. I just didn't know how I felt about it until I got through the movie, like the story as a whole, and really like had a second to digest it. I really. I really did like it, and um, it's—I don't—I don't know really how to describe it. It's just a great story, you know, very well made. You know what I mean? Oh, it's—and it's no surprise. Paul Thomas Anderson. I will just gush about him for a second here. He is far and away my favorite director of all time. I think he's the greatest. I mean, at least you know, I'm sure there's stuff that I haven't seen that maybe could possibly change my opinion. But man, this guy. Is batting a thousand in his career, in my opinion. His eight feature-length movies that he's directed are all bare minimum a heavy eight out of ten. 
most of them are nines. Like I absolutely loved Fam Thread. It's yeah. my it's in my top ten. I think it's like number seven of the year for me. And it's I mean I'll just go out and say it's a solid nine out of ten for me. I loved it. But it's only yeah. my fifth favorite of his movies of his eight movies. Uh, there will be blood. Is my favorite movie of all time. That's number one. The Master is in my top 100 of all time. I love that movie. Magnolia, it's in my top 100 of all time. Punch Drunk Love, probably not my top 100, but absolutely love it. He also did Boogie Nights, which is amazing. Inher- oh, really? Yeah, Inherent Vice and Heart Eight was oh, his wow. first movie. So the I guy, he's a legend in the sport of yeah. filmmaking and. Uh, yeah, I, it's no surprise that this is so incredibly well made. I mean, it incredible cinematography. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. visual. And the score and yeah, the score is amazing. Probably maybe my favorite score of the year. It's yeah, so it's good. just so subtle and goes perfectly with everything that goes on at the time that it's happening. Yeah, and it's Johnny Greenwood from uh, uh, what's the Radiohead did the score? Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, he's been doing a lot of PTA scores lately, and, and yeah, I mean the costumes are amazing. The set designs, production values, production design is just off the charts. I mean, everything is so extravagant. Which I mean, I don't know. He just finds a way. At least to me, maybe it's just an. I know a lot of people love him, but maybe just certain people he has this effect on where. Every single one of his movies. I mean, he brings you into this world so well. Like, I just feel like I'm... When I'm watching one of his movies, I am, like, living it. Yeah. And it's, like, completely immersive. And this movie was no different. I thought it was incredible from a production standpoint. And all the actors were amazing. Um, Vicky Creeps, especially, I found very charming as the the main girl. And, uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, even um, his, the girl, the lady that played his sister. Yeah, Leslie did a Manville. Job, I mean. Yeah. And was that the, the old, I feel like there was like a really famous one of the older ladies in the movie, but it's, it's possible. Up blank now. Yeah, I could pull it up. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I think so. But I, yeah. The one that, uh... At, it's no know. worth, not worth yeah, yeah. Ever, but I'm sorry, I'm babbling here, but, uh... Yeah, I mean, I thought that Cyril, Cyril his uh, sister, I thought that lady did a great job. She's very stern, and and like you said, uh... It's, she's, you almost feel like there was, like, a hate between her and, uh... Alma, his lover, but not necessarily that way. You know I mean, everybody is like really complex in this movie. Yeah, it shows different sides at different times. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I like about it. It's um, there's a lot behind it. I feel like we should probably move on to spoilers. Open ourselves yeah. up to talk spoilers because the movie goes in some different directions that you probably aren't expecting at all. <laughs> at all until you get there. So, uh, spoiler alert starting now. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> wow. The movie takes a turn, like, I don't know, halfway, two-thirds of the way through, where they're just not getting along. And 
Yeah. It's almost uh, like their uh, arguments are like action scenes, the way they're like passive aggressively, aggressively, just back like with each other, creatively. Yeah. Like, it's so. She knows exactly how to like twerk or like get on his nerves, like the perfect way. Yeah. I mean, he's this weirdo that's like. <laughs> My breakfast well too much noise. Too much movement. Yeah, too much movement at breakfast. And then like storms <laughs> Like off. he rode a horse to the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. And then she just gets fucking sick of it and yeah. poisons his ass. Well, they early in the movie they just like sh- shyly like throw in a scene of them collecting mushrooms and she asks the difference between the uh, ones you can eat and the poisonous ones and she they tell her and there's a book about it <clears throat> but she does it because she wants him like he's a very busy man has all these people all the time around him and she even like tries to surprise him and has some alone time with him and make him dinner and he's just not having it and so she fucking poisons him so that she can be alone with him to take care of him like yeah. it's crazy yeah and well, semi-spoiler alert for another movie from last year that I enjoyed, uh, The Beguiled, kind of has a similar thing to it, but it's not quite as uh, loving or as complicated. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> she poisons him. So I loved the scene when the first time she did it. And he's like, he kind of, he, you could tell something's off. He's coming to work on this fancy dress for, I guess it's like royalty, right? Some kind of wedding dress for uh, English royalty, I believe. Yeah, like a princess. And, yeah, he just slowly, like, starts losing it, and he passes out and ruins the dress. I thought that scene was riveting, which is crazy when you just think, this is a guy working on a dress. Yeah. But, uh, really like that, and I just love how the whole movie kind of shifts, pivots, even, and becomes about her poisoning him not to kill him just to like weaken him so that he needs her yeah and then another twist he like digs it he he's into it and he he realizes she's doing it and he plays along with it cuz he kind of likes being weak and having her take care of him yeah it's, it's fucking like, crazy <laughs> the, the things you do for love yeah that like really threw me for a loop I could, you could like kind of tell that he was like catching on as she was cooking on mm-hmm. the second time. Yeah. But then they're like, he's like, kiss me before I get sick. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And that was like the only time they even kissed. It seemed like like, well, that's there's like no romance in this romance. Yeah. It's kind of weird, and I, it was kind of. I don't know if that was intention. I'm knowing PTA. It probably is an inten- is intentional for some reason, but. It's interesting. Like, they clearly are, like, life partners, right? But there's no real hint that they're even having sex or anything. Yeah, I mean, the one night they, like, come home and he, like, pulls her into his bedroom, but... But, yeah, they could be knitting, uh, crocheting a blanket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, even, like, back to the poisoning, like, the score, like, the way it, like, picked up and, like, went sinister. Yes. Every time, Ah, like, she's picked mushrooms. So good. Yeah. And I really, I feel like there's really is some truth to this. I mean, clearly it's heightened and 
a scenario that is, you know, you'd be freaking literally insane to go through with something like this. But there is something to, like, when you have the flu or when your significant other is sick or not even have to be, like, a, a romantic relationship. Just say, like, you know, you're a kid and you get sick and your mom has to take care of you. There's something to that, you know, that kind of it stops everything you're doing and makes you focus on what's right in front of you. You know, sometimes yeah. in a relationship, it's full speed ahead. You're just going through the motions and you, you have your little day-to-day arguments or, you know, just things getting in the way. But when you're sick and you need someone's help, it brings you closer. Those other things aren't as important at this couple-day stretch and you kind of see what you have right in front of you. Yeah. This is clearly a, uh, you know, extreme version of that. Yeah. Poison you every couple months. Yeah, keep things in check. <laughs> to me, like for me and my wife, Sam, uh, I feel like this, it's not necessarily, I mean, knock on wood, hopefully we won't get sick, but it's more like whenever, it's rare that the, we don't have it to deal with the kids. Like this past weekend, yeah. actually. Her, my mother-in-law took the kids uh, Friday night, so we. It was weird. We, every like month or two, it seems like we get one of these days where it's just us and we go out, and it's like the best our relationship is because you don't have those outside stresses and you can just focus on, uh, you know, each other. So yeah, you need like a break every now and then. Yeah, definitely. But like even like at the ending. Um, but I prefer my breaks not to be on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Dying. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this is like, even like at the ending when they're laying in that bed and they're like talking, it like ends and he's like, but I'm getting hungry. I don't know if he's like assuming he wants, or saying he wants to be poisoned again. Or it means like it's, you know, he's starting to feel better. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, interesting. That's weird. But speaking of food, I even I just thought the way the food was shot, it like made me hungry. Like, yeah, it was really well shot food. Even like the sound design, like every yeah. like pouring a cup of tea or coffee, it was like real clear and loud. It was uh, it was good. I was like cringing when they were. I don't know if it was like their honeymoon, but they were like sitting out eating. She was like biting her spoon. Yeah, cringe. Yeah, and stuff like that with the the sister. Like the scene when they're out to dinner, uh, Alma and Daniel Day-Lewis' character, uh, and it seems like, you know, they're being affectionate and getting along real well, and then his sister shows up and (laughs) sits next to him, and it's like all of a sudden his attention goes to his sister and she's, like, sitting farther away. She's off by herself. Yeah, I didn't understand that at all at first. Cause I, don't, I don't even know if you know that's his sister yet. I feel like, that part yeah. Yeah, you might not. I'm not sure. It's like when they, he first brings her in and is taking the measurements. She comes in. Yeah. It's not like crystal clear. Her. Yeah. Yeah, so that, like, threw me for a loop. Yeah, there's, like, multiple times when they're having, like, these great connection like affectionate moments and then the sister comes and it's like he turns cold towards Alma yeah 
and I, f- I feel like this is, again, it's different, but it reminded me of situations where it's like, if you put yourself in all the shoes, it's a tough spot because you know <clears throat> that they have a good relationship. So it's, to me, it reminds me of like when I'm dealing with in-law, you deal with in-laws and it's like, maybe there's something that you don't agree with or that's bothering you, but you don't say anything because it's not your family it's you know and i felt like it was kind of yeah. like that and then it kind of puts you at a distance at arm's length and you become on edge and you start sniping and then like you said they kind of have this like competitive relationship with each other about who's yeah. really the caretaker at least for a bit of daniel day lewis yeah yeah like uh, he's knocking on the door, asking if he needs anything, and she just swoops by with tea. All kind, there's like all kinds of instances. She brings in that, that doctor, like behind yeah. Alma's back, and yeah, yep. Uh, the only other real note I have is that I don't. Have you seen Mother yet? No, I have not. This there's a lot of comparisons here. It's kind of similar in a way, where it's like this obsessive genius who has a significant other but is always putting his art uh, ahead of the, his relationship and basically it's just like uh, it's Darren Aronofsky and Paul Thomas Anderson these these artistic geniuses when it comes to filmmaking maybe they're both kind of commenting at you know how, how they are why they're as good as they are is because of yeah. these qualities but I, it's interesting that they both made movies with these themes uh, i prefer Phantom Thread, but Phantom Thread was my number 7 movie of the year. Mother was my number 10. And while they have a lot of similarities, there's a lot of differences as well. Mother is more in-your-face, Darren Aronofsky style, yeah. stylized, and and Phantom Thread's more elegant. and Yeah, but they both kind of say similar things, so that, I thought that was interesting. Jennifer Lawrence certainly didn't like Phantom Thread. Oh, yeah. Good. I'm glad you brought this up. <laughs> what an interesting and she was in Mother she was the star of Mother she yeah. was dating Darren Aronofsky at the time that they made it I do not believe she is anymore and it's I think Phantom Thread struck a little close to him there yeah because <laughs> I feel like she she was on WTF with Mark Marin, his podcast <laughs> and basically was like you know I gave it three minutes and then I turned it off already can tell it's going to be about some genius who you know (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly what we said and she's like i don't have to see that i lived it and i think she's talking about really perhaps that's crazy yeah yeah i didn't read what she said i just saw the headlines (laughs) that's always a good way to do it yep (laughs) just peruse are you sure it wasn't the onion (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know i would highly recommend people check out phantom thread even if it yeah, seems definitely. like you know uh this seems like a period piece not up my alley uh, give it a shot don't be jennifer yeah, lawrence yeah. give it more than three definitely. minutes awesome it's kind of hard to re- review them it's because there's uh i don't know it's hard to put it into words like in this kind of format but it's definitely incredible and worth watching yeah. i would also give it a nine out of ten yeah, and it's in one of these movies that, I mean, I enjoyed it watching it, but it's one of these movies that there's a lot of themes, there's a lot of a lot of stuff to dig into and think about even after the fact. Like, 
it's a movie that, at least for me, it, it sat with me. I was thinking about it a day or two later, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. All righty then. What else you been watching? Not a whole lot. I've uh, I watched uh, what we get into later. The UFC. I think the only movie I watched was Knocked Up was on TV. I watched that. It's a classic. Yeah. It's uh, from that Seth Rogen hot. Uh, Hot? Yeah, when they all got big. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was definitely, it's one of my favorite comedies of all time. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's a classic. We should do, I just some uh, brainstorming ideas right now. We should do some kind of, like, special bracketology uh, like tournament, like sixteen best comedies of all time. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, that must be hard. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> oh, and I watched Forrest Gump earlier today, but I don't even want to argue with you about that movie. That garbage. <laughs> it's like, no, I don't hate it. I it's like words. It's overrated, but it's not bad. I mean, I don't know. It's a classic. I feel like it, you were what. Um, three when it came out? Probably, yeah. Something like that. Uh, I mean, I was eight, I believe, yeah. seven or eight when it came out. I mean, at the time, yeah, probably amazing. I thought it was amazing first time I saw it, but look, I've rewatched it since as an older person, and it's like, it doesn't really hold up very much. It's crazy, um, I think it does. But, you know. A lot of people love it. I, I would give it like a seven and a half out of ten. That movie sucked. <laughs> give it a seven and a half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would give that a nine and a half out of ten. It's a classic. It's, a, Not here, it's an American classic. There's a lot to like there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I watched... I went to the movies. Like I said, me and my wife uh, had <laughs> the weekend together and we went and saw Game Night. The new comedy that is out in theaters starring Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams, Kyle Chandler, uh, some other good actors that you would recognize if you saw them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw the piece for this. Jesse Plemons is in it, actually, from Fargo and Friday Night Lights and Breaking Bad. He's hilarious. And it, uh, it's actually, yeah. remember, <clears throat> I do believe one of my predictions in Jen, if our first episode of Failing to Communicate was that we're going to get a comeback of the comedy in 2018. Yeah. And while well, <laughs> Game Night's not amazing, it's not like a comedy classic, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the best broad studio comedy since a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of like. Uh, an example is a broad studio you know like okay there's comedies like Wolf of Wall Street I would say is comedy but that's not like you know that's not a comedy comedy like uh, Super Bad or The Hangover Wedding Crashers type like designed to strictly you know a broad studio comedy where it's it's a movie that's supposed to be for everyone that's you know of age to watch an R-rated movie <laughs> and, make, and make you laugh. So, and that's basically like its sole or main purpose. 
and uh, this one it worked. It's really good, really good. I believe it's the same writers that did Spider-Man: Homecoming. Uh, I think there's some kind of attachment to the horrible bosses movies, which first one was pretty good. Uh, second one, not so much, but um, yeah, it was, it's actually really funny, really solid movie, well made. Um, there's even some cool shots, like cinematography-wise, where it's uh, the camera's pulled back real far, and you know how it gets that kind of like where things look like toys a little bit when it's. I'm trying to. Like the camera, the camera is pulled back, but it's and it's like shot in a way that it looks like Legos or something, or like oh yeah, like it seems like it's a little like not even like fake in a way. Oh, yeah. But then it like zoomed, it zoomed into it, and it you know went into the scene because it's trying to you know depict like uh, pieces of a game board. I'm guessing, and uh, I thought that yeah, was yeah. pretty cool. But um, basically, the premise is. Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams, they meet, they fall in love over their love of games. They're so competitive. They play all these board games and charades and all this stuff. And then he's competitive competitive with his brother, who is like the cool guy, who's played by Kyle Chandler, who's always amazing. Love that guy. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Kyle Chandler's like, no, we're going to do a game night at my place. And then he sets up, like, a murder mystery, like, uh, type of thing. And it goes horribly wrong. It turns into, like, this <laughs> action comedy. And they think it's all fake, part of this mystery game that they're supposed to solve. It's J.C. Bateman, Rachel McAdams, uh, and their group of friends. Like, uh, the black guy and his wife. <laughs> she, during some kind of game, while they're waiting for this kidnapping game to start it's just like playing a drinking game drink if you've had sex with a celebrity and she drinks and he's like we've been together since we were 14 how <laughs> and like it becomes this running joke where he's trying to figure out which celebrity she slept with and then there's this other buddy who's like the single guy who's always bringing in dumb models and ditzy like people to the game nights, and he brings, uh, to prove a point, this, like, smart, intellectual British girl, and I don't know. It's it's really funny. It's re- Even the action scenes are kind of well done, so, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It, I would recommend it. It looked good the, from the previews. Yeah, my, wow. f- my favorite scene is Rachel McAdams. I'm typically not the biggest fan of hers. She's awesome in this. She is the best part of the movie. My favorite scene is, it's kind of towards the end of the movie, but this guy who is chasing after her, they're like at an airport, and uh, the turbine of the airplane gets turned on, and like Die Hard 2 sucks the guy into the (laughs) thing and just splatters blood everywhere, and she's like, yes! Oh no, he died. <laughs> like I don't know. The way it was delivered was pretty good. And uh, Jason Bateman, uh, his shtick's getting a little old for me. He's always the same, like speaking under his breath, dry humor, sarcastic. Yeah. But he works in small doses. He's he's good here. But Jesse Plemons is amazing. He plays this police officer who lives next door, who divor- uh, split up with his wife. Who and they used to be part of the game, the game night group, 
but they only liked her, and now that it's just him, they don't want to invite him, and he's like, what do you, he's just real deadpan, serious, like, psychopath, uh, <laughs> it's great. His character goes in a lot of cool directions, yeah. So I'm talking myself into, like, this is the best movie ever made, so. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it's not perfect, but I give it a solid 7.5 out of 10. Definitely recommend it. Especially in February, a comedy. Good stuff. Another movie I watched, starring Jesse Plemons, actually. Uh, last night I put on Other People, which has been on my my list on Netflix for like a year. And I was like, it's 11 o'clock, need something to fall asleep to, let me put this on. And then I watched the whole thing. <laughs> so that's pretty, that speaks to some quality there. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I'll put on like Fuller House or something that, or, you know, something that I don't really care if I fall asleep to, to fall asleep to. Yeah. And then I, I couldn't fall asleep. Everything I put on, I fall asleep to. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, other people. This is a, it's an indie movie from 2016. Uh, Jesse Plemons is a, a gay guy who is like a, in a sketch comedy group. He's a comedy writer. And he comes back home to live at home because his mom is dying of cancer. And she's going through treatment and he's he's there to be there for her and help the family out. And uh, it's a little bit weird at home because his his dad hates him basically ever since he came out. His mom's dying, obviously, and he has two sisters that are a lot younger than him. And it's basically just a, you know, a character study following these him and uh, how he deals with the situation that he's in. And I thought it was pretty good. Sounds pretty uplifting. I mean, yeah, his uh, <laughs> Mo- Molly Shannon plays his mom, and she she gives a great performance. The ups and downs of of everything she's going through. Uh, Basically, he's he's the kind of guy that is like, you know, he says it's fine, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It's he's trying to keep it cool, but you can see under the surface it's not fine. And I don't know. I thought it was an effective movie for what it was trying to convey. So uh, you know, if, if you if you're in the mood for a cry or uh, an introspective look at death and depression. Then, um, <laughs> give it a look. Uh, <laughs> seven out of ten, heavy seven out of ten. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also watched a movie that you talked about last week when we first met. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, this is another movie I put on late at night, didn't make it all the way through, and I'm not going back. <laughs> I made it about an hour, it's probably what an hour and a half. I made it an hour into it. Uh, uh. <laughs> I didn't like it. Yeah. I mean, I love my girl Alexander Daddario, but I don't know. This was basic. What a basic bitch this movie was. Yeah, you know, it's definitely not special. Maybe if I was high as a kite, would have liked, <laughs> liked it a little bit better. It helps. Yeah, the guy. It's Groundhog Day with the photo booth machine, and he's trying to. Trying to get that girl. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. I mean, 
I, it's not the worst Netflix movie I watched this week. I'll say <laughs> that. Because I also watched Mute, which, uh, man, so disappointing. Really? I was actually really looking forward to this movie. Uh, I was actually looking forward to this more than I was looking forward to the Cloverfield Paradox. And uh, we saw how that turned out. <laughs> but Mute is directed by Duncan Jones, who directed one of my ten favorite movies of all time. Moon, a movie that's in my top ten of all time. And it's an amazing sci-fi, brilliant movie. Then he came out with Source Code, which was pretty good. Um, did, did you see either of those, Moon or Source no. Code? Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moon was Sam Rockwell on the moon. Uh, Source Code was, but there's a twist. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal reliving the same like moment or day on a train to try to find who's who blows up the train. It's a pretty uh, high concept, interesting movie. It was pretty good. But then he came out with Warcraft last year or two years ago, and that was a piece of shit. <laughs> and now Mute is a piece of shit. And I've lost... Like, what happened, Duncan? What the hell? The directorial debut is one of the best movies I've ever seen. So he's earned like a lifetime pass of I'm going to watch anything he makes just to see if he can ever live up to that again. But man, he has fallen off hard lately. <laughs> Dave said he liked it. Really? Well, that's Dave. <laughs> no. Uh, it wasn't... Uh, I was going to say it wasn't terrible, but I gave it a 4 out of 10. Jeez. Um, I love Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is in it. I liked him in the movie. Alexander Skarsgård plays a mute guy as the main character, and then he gets into all these hijinks. I don't know. I guess it was going for like a Blade Runner-ish vibe visually. Uh, I, I just, no. I could not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. No. That's the murder. Yeah. There's too much of this generic sci-fi now, I feel. Yeah. Um, I feel like. I don't know what the budget was, but it, it like it certainly didn't look as good as Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I'll say that much. <laughs> I don't even think it was looked or was as good as Valerian in a th city of a thousand planets. Um, yeah, very disappointed. Four out of ten. I Netflix man. <laughs> I've watched eight no seven movies. Eight seven seven or eight movies in 2018 that have been released in 2018 so far and all the movies that I've seen that were Netflix exclusives not great Bob not great <laughs> so fucking get your shit together start. yeah I mean what happened to the Beast of No Nations the Mudbounds the... Oh, I forgot about that come on Netflix you got 680 more movies coming out this year let's see if one of them could be good God, I don't, I don't even understand that. I mean, remember War Machine? War Machine? With Brad Pitt? Oh, yeah, yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, they're not... It's like they're just a dumping ground for other studios' movies that they don't want. I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's move on to TV. You watch anything on the old boob tube? Mm, it's not, 
Just USC, really. USC tonight. We're so. gonna get to it. Relax. Relax. <laughs> uh, have you been watching American Crime Story at all? Well, I have not. I totally forgot about it, to be honest. Yeah, me too. I've fallen off since episode three. Not because it wasn't good or anything. I just... It's Celebrity Big Brother. It's been four nights a week. Uh, and now... Uh, Survivor starts Wednesday. Tomorrow night. Ooh, tomorrow night. And, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. i just kind of fallen off. Yeah, but, I just saw a commercial that week. It was ending. Totally forgot about that show, too. <laughs> yeah, Atlanta... Season 2 of Atlanta starts this week. I'm excited for that. Nice. Definitely going to check that out. Uh, but I, like I said, Celebrity Big Brother, that's over. That ended uh, Sunday night. And it was pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> the the winner, the final two, was Ross and Marissa, which were two of the three that I mentioned were probably uh, the favorites going in. And Ross, he played a great game. And... Marissa won the final HOH, decided to take him to the end because basically she figured, I'm going to lose, but it's okay because Ross is my friend and he deserves it. And then the jury was bitter because he, he lied to them and backstabbed them and gave the win to Marissa. Which yeah. was, uh, that's like the second or third time in a row in Big Brother that that's happened. So Really? Yeah, it's a trend. It's a trend. It's crazy. But I, I enjoyed this three-week season of Big Brother. Fast and Furious. Get in, get out. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was enjoyable. I hope they do it again, and I'm sure they will because <coughs> the ratings are pretty good. I'm sure they will. Uh, I finished Everything Sucks, that 90s nostalgic trip that I was talked about last yeah, week. Yeah, how was that? It peaked at the first two episodes. <laughs> uh, once the Oasis stopped popping up, it just wasn't there anymore. <laughs> no, it was okay. It was alright. It's a watchable show. I feel like the the kids were not good enough actors to get me invested in their characters. Not yeah. like Stranger Things. I don't think they were amazing actors either, but they were good enough combined with the writing to get you interested in what it's in what's going on. And it wasn't quite the same here, but it was okay. I mean if it wasn't 20 minute episodes or 20 30 minute episodes I would have given up on it but 10 episodes or I can't remember if it was like 10 or 12 but not that many episodes and short ones at that so but if there was Oasis in every episode it would have been fantastic oh yeah it would have been the best show of the year <laughs> unquestionable no uh, yeah peak too soon peak too soon I also finished I talked about starting The Good Place season 1 we finished season 1 of The Good Place which Originally aired on NBC. I watched it on Netflix. Again, 20-minute episodes. God, I love shows that are short like that. You can really catch up real fast on them. Uh, in the real time, it's been through two seasons. I almost just fell off my chair. And Netflix only has the first season. First season's pretty good. Nice twist at the end. Look forward to checking out season two. Hopefully it shows up soon. And the last TV thing I watched was... Another Netflix show. I watched the first episode of Seven Seconds. Have you had about Never this? Have you had about this? Yeah. Um, Jay Leno. If uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's for the makers of The Killing from on AMC like ten years ago. 
Yeah. Did you see that show? No. Okay, you sounded like you knew what I was talking about. I had heard of it. Okay, uh, same creator as far as I know. This is the story of a man named um, these cop, the cop who is on the phone with his wife, distressed. Something's going on. He's distracted. It's snowing. Uh, all of a sudden, he hits something with his car. He gets out. He notices it was a kid on a bike. He ran over a young black black kid with a bike. He thinks he killed him. More cops come, realize what happened, cover up the crime, you know, because what would this look like? You're going to be blah, 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 blah. It's trying yeah. to be culturally uh, relevant. And they cover up the crime. Then you follow the family of the kid. It turns out he wasn't dead. He was, like, laying there, like, unconscious for hours before someone found him. Just pretty dark stuff here. And then it's also, the third party is this lawyer, prosecutor, who is an alcoholic, has a drinking problem. And it's just... See, it's like an interesting premise. That's why I watched the first episode, because I read the premise of the show and it's not necessarily that bad it's just it seems kind of middle of the road and it's hour long episodes so I'm probably going to bail out (laughs) (laughs) because it's not getting like amazing reviews if the reviews were amazing I would stick with it I didn't hate the first episode it seems like it's not the best acted best made show but I don't know. Hour-long shows that are middle of the road, I just I don't yeah. have time for them. I got better That's things it. to do with my life. But no, it's uh, it could be good. It was interesting. Do you find what's the seven seconds? I yeah, that's interesting. I'm not <laughs> sure. I th- maybe yeah. I'm just gonna make something up if I try to guess. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I'm bailing out. I don't know what else to say, guys. It's just uh, I'm not watching it anymore. It wasn't that bad. I just uh, don't feel like it. All right. Let's, let's move on to MMA. MMA talk here. Yeah, MMA talk. <laughs> With your boys, Bob and Bruce. Um, UFC on Fox 28. Where was this? Um, uh, that's a good question. I just had it pulled up. Maybe. Pull that shit up. I can't remember where it was located. Uh, Orlando, Florida. That's right. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, main event. Jeremy Stevens versus Josh Emmett. Um, yeah, it's really good. I guess, first first of all, the card as a whole, we were talking shit on it about how this is not the Fox cards we grew up with. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I thought it turned out to be actually a really fun night of fights. Yeah, definitely. I thought all the fights were pretty good. Even the prelims, there was a sweet knockout that we'll talk about. Yeah, I thought I'd give it like a 7.5 out of 10 in execution. When coming into it, I was probably at like a 6. So it yeah. overperformed in a definitely. good way. Yeah. But yeah, the main event, uh, Jeremy Stevens coming off his impressive TKO knockout win over Duho Choi in January. Gets a quick turnaround against a guy coming off... Another impressive performance when he knocked out Ricardo Lamas. 
the featherweight division seemed like the winner was going to put themselves in a really good position as far as next title shot after the winner of Frankie Edgar and Brian Ortega, which happens this weekend. And uh, first round, really competitive. They both got yeah. their licks in. Looked like uh, Stevens could he got rocked. Could have been in trouble at one point. But then in the second round, Jeremy Stevens. I said before the Choi fight that his power was overrated. Well, he's trying to prove me wrong in 2018 because <laughs> he knocked out Josh Emmett, possibly with some illegal blows thrown in there. Yeah. But uh, got the job done in the second round. What did you think? I thought it was a really good fight. And like you said, I thought Stevens, it was, I definitely took the first round. He was, uh, he was looking really good in the uh, first round. He, did he hit, what, he knee him to the head in the second round? Was that what it was? Yeah, well, At the finish. yeah, knee to the ground of the opponent. It looked like he hit him with maybe some elbows to the back of the head as well. Yeah. But, yeah. The, like, they, I huh. understand that they were they were illegal. And even if it didn't land, like, that knee was clearly illegal. And he was intending to hit him with Yeah. It. But I don't yeah, think well, that that was, like, resulted in yeah, Emmett getting knocked out. I feel like that was just, like... Like, I don't think that was a deciding factor. I think even if he didn't hit those, the fight would have ended via knockout. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely well in his way, but the but first, the, yeah. I watched this fight twice, actually, but when I watched it, I thought it was going to be a case of, like, this getting a return to a new contest. I wouldn't I be surprised. Like that, yeah. I mean, I'm of two minds, like... I don't think it affected the result of the fight, but at the same time, I'm really sick of these fails going, like, unaccounted for. Yeah. Like, I po- everything. Eye pokes, grabbing the fence, groin shots, all the whole nine yards. It's it's ridiculous. Anyone can do whatever they want because there's no repercussions. Yeah. So, I could see both sides. I personally don't think it should be ruled a no contest, but I could see the case if they did. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't happen too often, but it's definitely an example that could be. And I don't know <laughs> yes. what the Florida Commission's like anyway. Yeah, that's the thing. Florida's, like, they're, like, they don't have replay in Florida. And that's another thing. Get these rules. Can't everybody just go by the same rules? I don't care which ones you pick. Just fucking pick one and go with it. <laughs> yeah, right. This is insane. New York has replay. Florida doesn't have replay. New Mexico is going by the new rules. Uh, California is going by the old rule. It's in, it's impossible. When they have to say what people said it is at the beginning of the broadcast, you know, it's like, fuck. Yeah, what? That, that seems insane that that's even a possibility. This yeah, is not just, the U.S. government where the states have their own power, right? It should be MMA rules just in general. It should not be state by state, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's just the State Athletic Commission to a T. It's always been like this bullshit. Yeah, you just need to get like an MMA commission, you know, yeah. overall overseers. Yeah, it's, I mean, like John James got his license revoked. It doesn't really mean much for him outside of California. <laughs> Although, apparently, since they're kind of like one of the head ones that... Yeah, a lot of states follow that. Yeah, but, yeah, they don't technically have to. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, like, I just, I don't understand that side of things. And this is Texas, where... You, 
I really Texas is super lenient. Yeah. And they, uh, they licensed the data came both like, and there's been a lot of talk that if Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz happens, it'll pretty much have to be in Texas because that's or, the only commission that'll let it happen. Or Brazil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, or Russia, I guess. Um, China, yeah. Yeah. But I really hope this Project Spearhead gets gets off the ground and we can get some real change in this sport. Yeah. It's I not, don't know. I just feel like it's going to be like the lawsuit. Like, whatever. When's the last time you heard about the lawsuit? <laughs> it's true, but it has changed things because I feel like that's why they haven't, you know, they've treated Mark Hunt with some kid gloves probably because of the lawsuit. Yeah. I just don't think that this union stuff is even going to be that bad for the UFC's product. Like I, uh, I, I, I railed about it last week. It's not worth getting into again, but it's stuff like this that could be positively affected by it. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, uh, co-main event: Jessica Andrade just <laughs> tossed Tisha Torres around <coughs> like a rag doll. Yeah, very player. impressive in performance. Um, in hindsight, probably should have seen this. I mean, I did predict Andrade, and I thought she would be the more powerful fighter. But someone that fought, you know, at one thirty-five against someone who probably her best division would be one oh five if it existed yeah. in the UFC. Just the size differential here was enormous, and strength advantage. Torres is yeah, a great technical fighter, and she kind of she won around. She held her own, but man, Andrade just at will, just slamming her. Yeah, definitely domination. It looked like two different weight classes by far. Yeah, it certainly did. I could see Andrade fighting at one twenty five and doing well. Uh, clearly, she's doing great at one fifteen here. I would not be surprised if she got another title shot off of this. If Rose beats Joanna again, I don't think they would do the Yen Jacek versus Andrade rematch so soon. But for a fresh matchup, I think she deserves it. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll have to see how that fight plays out. Yeah. What about Tisha? Does this drop her stock? Uh, I mean, not too much. I mean, it was dominant, but I feel like she's definitely going to be helping at the top of the division. I would love to see Tisha Torres versus Karolina Kowalkiewicz. Yeah, that would be a good fight. I feel like that's a well-matched, like that's a really competitive fight right there. Yeah. And we forgot, I forgot to bring up, um, what do you think? Uh, Jeremy Stevens, after after the fight, got on his knees a la GSP and begged for a title shot to Dana White. Good luck. Yeah, I, I don't think he's there yet. I mean, this is a good run for him. Uh, good I mean, he, if he is, Holloway's out. He's got to wait on the winner of this fight, and so that fight probably won't happen until summer and, earliest. Yeah, there's no way he's going to leap over Frankie or Ortega, whoever wins that fight. Yeah, no I way. think he's put himself in a solid position where maybe if he fights Darren Elkins in a you know at some point, the winner. Yeah, he's that, definitely at the fight again. Yeah, I think so. And he's already fought Elkins, but they're both on winning streaks now. It's been a while since they fought. I feel like it could be time for a rematch there. Yeah, if Frankie wins and he hot, Jeremy Stevens leap brought in, that would be crazy. Especially since he just beat him a couple just years ago. Just beat him. <laughs> yeah, that would be nuts. Um, <laughs> it would be a uh, pretty par for the course of the UFC, though. No, yeah, it wouldn't be the craziest thing they've ever done. <laughs> uh, maybe Stevens can go fight Conor McGregor at 165 in all <laughs> belt. 
uh, how about Alir Latifi choking out OSP, standing That's... guillotine in the first round? Yeah, that was Rock impressive. First two, yeah, he did. It's so funny. It was funny to see because Latifi's so short compared, yeah. like for that weight class, the way he did that. That was that was impressive. Yeah, definitely. I was not expecting that. I feel like he should be way better off at middleweight, but I guess he's pretty uh, stocky. Yeah, I don't know if he can. That's to lose twenty more pounds. I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like he's middle of the road best. Like, yeah, I mean, like even though it's not like very deep, but yeah, luckily for him, I mean, God, middle of the road, he's ranked number six. So yeah, um, it, yeah, I feel like anytime he, he's going to come up against a guy like that, he can keep him at a range, keep him at a distance, and really control him. He's going to have some trouble. Like Ryan Bader knocked him out, but I don't know. He's a solid fighter. Yeah. I just don't see him getting quite to the top. I think he should play John Jones <laughs> in jail. That would be a great fight. Yeah. No, I John could... Jones would just hold his hand out. Right, of exactly. Big brother, <laughs> yeah. No, let's see. As far as I'd like to see Glover Teixeira versus Latifi. I think that, yeah, that, that would, would be, be an interesting job. fight because Teixeira's getting older, but he's still winning some fights and the way the way Misha Serkinov was piecing him up on the feet before that fight turned quickly, um, yeah. I feel like Latifi could have a chance to uh, steal that one and kind of get himself to the next level. It definitely, I would assume they're going to make an interim light heavyweight title eventually. They have to. Yeah. Because so. uh, they want to have all these title fights. Otherwise, I don't know what Probably they would like do. Probably or something. Or no, they just fall on my same. Yeah, rematch, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could see, like, Gustafsson Manoa, if Manoa wins against Jan Blakovich in a couple weeks. Yeah. God, that would be a meaningless title. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Gustafsson deserves it, but... <laughs> he don't deserve shit, man. The guy has lost every big fight of his life. Whatever. Are you... Are, Come. I mean, he has, but... The, okay, there. That's all I needed to hear. John Jones and Daniel Cormier, great fights. And Anthony Johnson. Anthony Johnson killed him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, Max Griffin defeated Mike Perry by unanimous decision. Oh, my God. I've never been so happy in my entire life. <laughs> Just when I was coming around to Mike Perry, he goes <laughs> and... I think Pat. I saw that uh, this is like third-hand information. Some I heard on a podcast that Patrick Wyman tweeted uh, that Perry, because he's had this is like his eighth fight in two years or something, two calendar years, and said he just looks like a guy who's been fighting way too much, hasn't let himself fully recover from from injuries and 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 stuff like that. It might yeah. even be his ninth fight in two years. But, uh, and yeah, that's, he did not look like the Mike Perry that we've seen lately in the UFC. He just was really passive. He just wasn't really, uh, doing much in my opinion. He got cut pretty bad pretty early on. Yeah. And Max Griffin had a great game plan and stuck to it, uh, for the first two rounds at least. And then I thought Perry was going to knock him out in the third round somehow. Yeah, he did come on strong. Yeah. 
I was definitely, of course, I was rooting against Mike Perry. I just don't like him. Yeah, um, it's. I was so, rooting yeah, for him. <laughs> Here's, I was rooting for him in this fight so he could be build build himself up so that I could root against him in a bigger fight. <laughs> if that makes any sense, but uh, he was on the up and up, man. He's definitely on the slide now. Yeah, two in a row. He's lost. I, he's going to be fine. Uh, he's marketable. He's exciting. People either love him or hate him. Mostly hate him. Seems like, but uh, I mean, he is tough as nails. I'm surprised yeah. he didn't get finished in this fight. He um, he's got a great chin. He's just not smart. Yeah. <laughs> How about his hair? Didn't that look cool? So cool. <laughs> <laughs> he is a goofy looking guy. I, I don't know. I, lo- I I he's a good character to have. Yeah. But yeah, that was. A disappointing fight. Um, prelim wise, there was a, the, like the funds. The, the funds were all fight, baby. The fights were all fun. Um, nothing like remarkable. Like uh, Brian Kelleher got a pretty big win against Henan Burrell. Beat him by yeah. decision. Looked like he was going to knock him out at some at a at a point in the third round. Huge win for Brian Kelleher. I just think Henan Burrell's done. He's shop worn. Good night. Put him away. Probably not because they have so many fights that they have to put on. Yeah, that's true. And he's a name, you know, he was an interim champion at some point. This was him trying to return to 135. I don't think it was the weight cut that was the problem this time, actually. I just think he's, he's, uh, you saw it, you know? Yeah. He's definitely not the same guy he used to be. Not even close. Marion Renault defeated Sarah McMahon by second round submission. Uh, Sarah McMahon, maybe one of the biggest busts in women's MMA history. Yeah. I mean, Olympic medalist who fought Ronda Rousey, got demolished in seconds, <laughs> and now has lost his, by submission in back to back fights against, you know, Marion Renault and Caitlin Vieira. Not exactly your uh, Ronda Rousey's. Definitely not. I mean, Marion Renault is like 40 years old. And, uh, well, she's on a nice run, though. Um, I think she's won three or four fights in a row. Been around a block. Solid fighter. In this week division, she could be not far from a title shot. Yeah, right. Angela Hill defeated Marnia Moroz by decision. Good performance. Um, Angela Hill, always an exciting fighter to watch. She wins here. Alan Joban. Defeated Ben Saunders by Death. vicious knockout in the second round. <laughs> just, I mean, what a fight, first of all. I don't know if you saw it, but this was a really, really fun fight. Just a, yeah, I just caught the highlights of this. A war, and then what a finish. One of the knockouts of the year so far. Yeah. I mean, it's only been like a month and a half. But... Cringe on those knockouts when they fall on their leg like that. Yeah, he folded up like an accordion. Oh, yeah. God, I just feel like everything in your knee tears. Ah, brutal, brutal stuff. And I like Ben Saunders, so it's not like yeah. I was cheering that on. But, um, man, Alan Joban, he's a solid fighter. Sam Alvey <laughs> defeated Marcin Prachnio by <laughs> knockout. And I think this was his light heavyweight debut for Sam Alvey. Yeah. And, obviously, good result. And he called out John Volante after the Did fight. Did he really? Yeah. That's a fine fight. 
please, for the love of God, do not put it on TV. (laughs) Main event. (laughs) Yeah. God, that better not be on no pay-per-view main card. I'm protesting any card that has John Volante on the main card. (laughs) That guy is a fucking joke, dude. (laughs) Boringest fighter on the planet. But that would be actually, I mean, that is a, a fight that makes sense. I don't, yeah. I just don't know. I said I was excited for Manny Bermudez to make his UFC debut and make his UFC debut. He did. <laughs> Moving on. He, uh, he beat Albert Morales by second round submission. Didn't look amazing. Uh, looked like he was in trouble there. Was getting gassed out a little bit at one point, but he, he cinched in a guillotine choke tight one. Um, and, uh, yeah. So Not he's a, he got to win. He's a prospect, hanging in there. Maybe it was you know first fight in the UFC. Always going to be a little jittery. So yeah, interested to see where his career goes from there. So let's turn our attention now ahead to this weekend in Las Vegas, Nevada. UFC two twenty two, Max Holloway versus Frankie. Ed- oh wait, no. Oh shit. That actually is going to be Cyborg against Yana Kunitskaya. With Frankie Edgar against Brian Ortega in the Caribbean event. As I said, this was supposed to be Max Holloway versus Frankie Edgar, which was one of my most anticipated fights of the year coming into this calendar year. It was supposed to happen late last year. Got ripped out of our hands, and it's disappointing. I, I cried when I heard the news. For real? <laughs> I was going to say, you're a man, man after my own heart. <laughs> I I couldn't blame you if you did because seriously that would have been an amazing amazing fight. Oh, I can't wait for it. And hopefully, you know, we'll see if uh, Frank Yeager can come come through with victorious here. Maybe we'll get it one day. But I guess, what do you think about the replacement that they got? We got a two for one special. We lost the great main main event, but they gave us two. To uh, two better, uh, two fights at the top of the card. What do you think of the situation? Eh, I don't get very excited for cyborg fights, um, especially after the Holly Holm fight. I was like kind of excited for that. I thought it was gonna be a good fight. It, it was, was a good fight. It was a good fight. Um, it was not. But uh, yes, I don't know. Bitch. I've never heard of Yana Kunitskaya. <laughs> Some fan you are. How have you never heard of Yana Kunitskaya? I mean, <laughs> no. She uh, she was Invicta fighter. She beat Taya, Tanya Evinger. There was some controversy, and then she lost the rematch. But she's a solid fighter. To me, they did fairly good for the limited amount of time they had to put something together. Um, yeah. I mean, at least we still get to watch Frank Yeager fight. And him versus Brian Ortega is a legit awesome fight. Wish, yeah, I wish that was sure. the main event because I want to see it go five rounds. But uh, I, I'm not a hater like you. I, uh, I like watching Cyborg do work. And, uh, That's with all respect to Jan, I just feel like it's a can. <laughs> walk right through. Crush that can, recycle it, yeah. and let's move on with our lives. No. Which, actually, I'm almost glad because I feel like every fight we can see Cyborg is one closer to her retiring. Oh my god, you are the one. <laughs> hate is going to hate. Hate is going to hate. No, actually, if you, even if you look past the top two fights, this is a 
pretty deep card in my opinion. I, this is actually not a bad pay-per-view at all. Yeah. I mean, clearly I'd rather have, you know, Max Holloway at the top. But for the situation, I I, I would give this like a 7.5 out of 10 for a, a pay-per-view card. But yeah, I mean, I feel like it's there's deep. like got, one of the prelims that could be on the main card. but Yeah, you got, I mean, I'm not going to... Mackenzie Dern making her UFC debut. You have some prospects in here. Sean O'Malley, Caitlin Vieira, Cody Stemman. Uh, prospects on there trying to get some big wins. You got some top contenderish fights like Katzengano versus Caitlin Vieira and... <laughs> uh, I mean, Andre Orlovsky versus Stefan Struve. That could be a top contender fight in the heavyweight division. Uh, and you got uh, the John Dodson, John Dodson, Pedro Munoz fight that was supposed to take place in Brazil. Uh, that got moved to this card. Mike Powell, his retirement fight. So there's a lot to see here. Let's go down the card. What do you think is going to happen in Cyborg, Yana Kunitskaya? I'm going to say three and a half minutes TKO. Wow, you're optimistic, huh? <laughs> no. I think Yana can last to the, into the second round before she gets her neck broken by a, a leg kick. <laughs> Wait, <what? laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I, Jesus. Uh, I meant to kick by the leg, which is the only thing you can kick with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I meant. Yep. You clearly did not. But, um, yeah, it's going to be easy win for Cyborg, but let's build her up. <laughs> she needs to be built up even more before we do yeah. the Amanda Nunes super fight. Of great. Well, she's scheduled now. Yeah, I think you're going to see Amanda Nunes demolish... Raquel Pennington, just like Cyborg is going to demolish Yannick and Skaya, and then they'll fight each other at some point. <laughs> unless, uh, unless the main event of a card falls through and they need someone at the last second. Yeah, just, they're just fillers. <laughs> Frankie Edgar versus Brian Ortega. God, this is an amazing fight. It is so it intriguing. Like said that it's not five rounds, but so intriguing. Like, is Frankie Edgar going to do? To Brian Ortega, what he did to Yair Rodriguez. Yeah. I, I think it's a different style matchup, though, because he's got a, Brian Ortega can snatch your neck in a second yeah. and just tap you out. The guy has probably the best squeeze of any jiu-jitsu pr- pr- practitioner in the UFC. He, um, I don't know. What do you think? Frank Yeager's never been submitted. How do you see this going? finished. That's what I said. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's definitely I like Brian Ortega a lot. He's I like his jiu-jitsu. He's, I mean, I've seen him do like flying triangles from standing up. So you never really know, especially with like Frankie's kind of like hunched over, little bit stance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that kind of leaves him susceptible to that. I, I'd be interested to see if the spike does get to the ground. If Frankie's willing to hang down there. If he thinks he's good enough to fight through a jiu-jitsu or not, or if he's going to try to keep it standing and implement his boxing game. I'm just a huge Frankie fan, so I'll be rooting for him, but I'm excited to see how this plays out because I really have no idea. Yeah, I I want to say 
If it was five rounds, that would benefit Frankie more than Brian Ortega because he's yeah. been through so many, you know, all these title fights and main events. He, he's a veteran of the five-round fight. I have to imagine his rink, like combined rig time is up there with anybody that's ever fought yeah. in the UFC. And yeah. Three rounds, I think it's dangerous. I think it's a dangerous fight. I think it's ballsy as shit that he took this fight. Definitely. Dude just needs to get paid, I guess, but... And great opportunity for Ortega as well. So I think it's not necessarily a coin flip. I'd still favor Edgar. I think actually he'd be more beneficial to keep this one standing. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, keep that distance, use his boxing and his movement to just win on points. If to be, that would be like the safest route to victory. Um, but I think it's like 60, 40 because Ortega could certainly catch him with uh, a yeah. submission. He, he could be the guy that could get uh, Frankie to tap. It would be crazy. But my official prediction will be Frankie by decision. Yeah, I agree. Do you have this fight card pulled up by any chance? Yeah, I do. Pronounce this guy's name in the next fight. <laughs> Andre Sukahamatha. I, uh, I know who he is. He's been around a little bit. I really need to pay attention to the way they pronounce this. I, I've seen his fights, but I can't remember hearing his name pronounced. And there's no way that it's pronounced the way I pronounce it in my head when I read it. There's just no yeah. way. The guy's a, he's, he's wow. a solid fighter. He, he, yeah. Um, and he's fighting Sean O'Malley, who's like the, <laughs> the, the prospect from Dana's fight, contender series, whatever. That was it. Yeah, he... I think click on his name. Did he is he two and zero in the UFC or is this his second fight? Mm. I, I want to say he beat Terrian Ware in his debut. Yeah, yeah. Yes, this is his first. This is his second. Well, fight. I mean, unless you count the contender series as a UFC fight. Okay, yeah. So he's an he's an exciting guy to watch. He's got a lot of flair for the dramatic. Not he's super skinny. Like he seems weak. He seems weak, but he. Uh, Intriguing prospect, I guess. I don't see know how far he can go, but clearly they're trying to build him if he's third fight down on the pay-per-view main card against Andre Sukumathath. Um, <laughs> Are they still doing the Contender Series, or did they fall off that already? It's coming back. Is it? Maybe we'll see Andre Sukumathath um, <laughs> on there after he loses this fight. I, I don't know how it works, <laughs> but uh, I just <laughs> wanted to say Andre Sukumathath's name once more. <laughs> I don't know. I, Andre Andre Sukumathatha is uh, is a solid fighter. He's 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 good. He he won his last fight in impressive fashion, but Sukumathatha, he's just not Sukumafast enough. I don't know. I'm talking out of my I got Sean O'Malley here, but I don't know. This could go either way. Yeah, I don't. I'm gonna say Andre Sukumathatha. <laughs> I don't mean to make fun of the guy's name. It's literally, it's just, I don't understand. We're just stupid Americans. Yeah, I'm not, I, I just literally, and I know, I'm good at pronouncing a name once I hear it. Like, Yana, Yana Kuniskaya, obviously, Yana uh, Jacek got that one down. I just need to hear it. I just, looking at it, I don't get it. But Listen to me. I knew, I knew how to say Look that. at our name, 
people are like feeling to yeah. communicate. What the I've f- never been. Nobody's ever pronounced my last name. Filan to communicate. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next they up. Don't get the joke. <laughs> yeah. Andre Arlovsky against Stefan Struve. Which I was surprised to hear that Andre Arlovsky is still alive. Still alive. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And he beat. The man in the diaper last time out, if you recall, at UFC Norfolk. Yeah. Really? I thought that was like a long time ago. That was in November, so (laughs) I guess that's a long time ago. If you're a Brooks fan, but yeah, I I remember the diaper incident. (laughs) The diaper. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Andre Olavsky is back, I think. No. Um, if there's anyone he could beat, though, it's Stefan Struve. Because if there's anyone that has, like, never lived up to their potential, it's Stefan Struve. The guy has an 80 inch reach. He's 18 feet tall. <laughs> like, the guy should. And he's he started young and he was pretty good at a young age. I thought, I really thought he was going to develop into, like, a great prospect a great heavyweight fighter if he could use his reach he's got good jujitsu but he just he's so hittable yeah and he's I like don't, clumsy he doesn't he has good submissions i don't think he has the best power so i don't really see i mean any i could knock out andre Orlovsky, but doesn't have a good heart either wow he quits in fights that's what you're trying to say <laughs> i know i know <laughs> yeah he had, yeah Lot, scary stuff with the heart situation. Um, speaking of which, did you hear Kevin Smith had a massive heart attack? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that was that was complete non sequitur. But I watched a video yeah. of him from the hospital, like saying what happened. Just insane stuff. Yeah, but, uh, heart goes out to him. I, I'm not the biggest fan of his production of like movies and stuff of late, but he, he's a good dude. He's a good talker. I like listening to his podcast back in the day. So, shout out! <laughs> I got Andre Andre Arlovsky by second round knockout. Uh, he got Stefan Struve by first round knockout. Okay, okay. It's just always <laughs> a funny sight when Stefan Struve gets knocked out oh because God. he's so tall and it's like yeah. plucking something out of the air. When Mark Hunt was swinging at him, he was like swinging straight up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting to watch. But uh, moving on to the first fight of the pay per view talk. Um, <laughs> I was yawning. Okay, can't, thank you for covering uh, for me. Cats <laughs> <laughs> and Gano, not ready for that. Cats and Gano <laughs> is fighting Caitlin Vieira. Uh, this is pretty much top contender fight here in Widom's bandweight. Caitlin Vieira, I believe, is undefeated and just beat Sarah McMahon in her last fight out, which would have been more impressive if McMahon didn't just lose again by similar method yeah. in her last fight. But uh, uh, I'm real, I'm actually pretty excited for this fight. Um, Katzenganer is always fun to watch. She's she's always good at fighting. <laughs> she has a good story with. Everything that There's happened. Paul in a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. She had, she had some pretty He's serious injuries, you know. Yeah. And uh, Caitlin Vieira, undefeated prospect. So, which this division needs more than anything. So, 
I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I don't know how it would like, be good to see Kat Tangano out there again. Um, I don't know much about Caitlin Vieira, but, uh, I mean, I hope uh, Kat Tangano gets back on the winning streak. She's lost two in a row now. Um, of course, yes. Ron Rousey submitted her 14 seconds. And then she lost to Juliana Pena? Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb here and pick Captain Gano. Bye. Submission. Third round. Okay. Okay. I got Caitlin Vieira by decision. Gotcha. I don't know. I might just be, like, you know, new hotness versus been there, done that. That old yeah. trope. But, uh... <laughs> I th- I think we need some new blood in this in this div- stagnant division. Caitlin Vieira is the one to do that. Uh, next up, Mackenzie Dern, UFC debut, headlining the prelims against Ashley Yoder. Um, this is interesting. Mackenzie Dern, hotshot jujitsu ace. She's still young, I believe. Right? She's like twenty four, twenty five ish. Um. Someone. Superstar in the jiu-jitsu world. Then she makes her MMA uh, debut about a year or two ago where she was known more for missing weight than her yeah. performance. And then she made her Invicta debut late last year. Did a pretty good job. Submitted, I can't remember the girl's name, but a solid fighter. Submitted her, I want to say the second or third uh, round. Kaylin Medeiros. Yeah, yeah, Kayla Medeiros is is a pretty solid fighter. And um, here she is, moving up into the UFC against Ashley Yoder, who... <laughs> what? <laughs> What's funny? <laughs> Not new. It, like, broke up for yeah, Your voice, like, broke up for a second. Like... <laughs> 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 uh, Mackenzie Dern... She's a huge prospect. She has a ton of potential, a ton of great assets uh, to her game. and But she's still very raw in her development. Um, she tends – her stand-up game is still not the best. It's coming along. I think she she kept going to the same combo over and over again against Madeiras. But she only needs it to be good enough to – get the fight to the ground, where she's like a shark. It's like I was saying about Luke Rockhold. Like, clearly, he has better stand-up than Mackenzie Durham, but just in a sense that on the ground, she's a shark. Standing up, she's got work to do. He's a fish out of water. That's right. It's a good analogy, bud. <laughs> um, no, I haven't seen her fight yet, but I, I've heard a lot about her. I know she's just jiu-jitsu world champion and all at a young age, and... I'm definitely excited to see her in the UFC. Yeah, she's she's young, she's a prospect, but don't expect her to look like a potential world champion just yet. She's she's got to continue to develop. Yeah, I think she definitely got the uh, express lane to the UFC. No doubt about it. But I mean, she's a name. She she's an attractive woman, so they can market her. She's got skills like. Ronda Rousey-esque in the sense that, you know, she can submit people pretty, at a pretty decent rate. Uh, and they're giving her uh, a fairly easy task here with Ashley Yoder, who's 0-2 in her UFC career. 
So she lost to Angela Hill and Justine Kish, which neither of those are like, you know, a walk in the park. So it's a test. Yeah. It's a true test. But should be something she can manage. And let's see where they take her from here. Yep. Next uh, up. Let's see if because she can make weight first, though. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. <laughs> luckily, luckily, they do have a 125 division to fall back on if she struggles in that regard. But she did make it in her last fight, so maybe there's hope. Maybe just. Benil Dariush was supposed to fight Bobby Green, which I thought would have been a pretty fun fight. Uh, yeah, I saw that fell out. But Bobby Green got hurt in steps. Alexander Hernandez, newcomer who I never heard of. <laughs> Me neither. Benil Dariush really needs a win, and what better way than a guy fresh out of whatever he's fresh off of. <laughs> so I just assume he'll win somehow, some yeah, way. Uh, went from a fight I was interested in to, into a fight I'm like, it just seems like a foregone conclusion. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this guy's a solid prospect. I'm not sure. So. It is MMA. Yeah, and then, then we get the, the I was going to say a rematch, but it's not a rematch. John Dodson versus Pedro Munoz. We'll finally get to see this fight. A yeah, quick rematch. For, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, though, because it was my most anticipated fight of that Brazil card a few weeks back. And yeah. uh, I still Let John Dodson bitched out. That's insane. We're not going to have this same <laughs> argument again, but uh, <laughs> I disagree with that assertion. And, uh, yeah, I'm, it'll, it'll be a fun fight, both of these guys. They come to throw down. They, um, yeah, I think it'll be a fun fight. Probably fight of the night. Yeah, that's definitely has potential. Uh, CB, two older guys that I don't really care about anymore. Why not <laughs> throw them together Lombard, and make me care? Yeah, CB Dalloway versus Hector Lombard. Like five years ago, this fight would have been <laughs> the tits, man. It would have been. I will just never forget how big of a prospect Hector Lombard was coming in. And just never, ever looked good. Yeah, he just... God, he's lost four in a row. And, well, he had... Uh, a no well, contest? Well, really five in a row with a new contest, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy how they've not cut him yet. And he's he's, Hec anyway. he's Hector Lombard. Yeah. He's got a semblance of a name. Recognizable name on a list. That'll help you. I mean, look at Josh Berkman, for Christ's sake. Look, pull up his record. <laughs> Pull up Josh Berkman's record right now. I'll wait. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah, how's he still have a job? Are you kidding? Yeah. Read it off for the peeps. <laughs> He's lost five in a row and seven of his last eight. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, really, eight out of his last nine if you count no contest. <laughs> what was his win against? Uh, KJ Newton's. Yeah. It was a fucking bazillion years old in the MMA world. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the UFC <clears throat> in twenty eighteen, right there. Oh, yeah, used to crazy. be used to be three in a row, man, you're done. Yeah, I mean <laughs> maybe even two. Yep. Christ uh what's the say he's got cut on the win. <laughs> uh fucking wrestler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jacob Volkman? No. Uh, John Fitch? John Fitch, yeah. yeah I know. If, yeah, it used to be 
If you're boring, they just wait for you to lose once and get rid of you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Brian Caraway is back in action. I feel like it's been it a while. It blows my mind that he's not the father of that kid. <laughs> All right. This is not TMZ Sports. This is... Yeah. It could be, though. It could be Brian. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> Brian Caraway, I feel like he's been gone a while. Um, yeah. But he's back. Against <laughs> Cody Staman. He's Staman. Uh, Staman. I don't know how you say it, but uh, he's. <laughs> he was a guy who I didn't think a whole lot about, but I thought he was set up to lose against Tom Dukenois, uh last Dukes year. Tom. Huh? Staman? Yeah. Yeah. But then he kind of outpowered and outfought Dukenois. To become the better of the prospects, I guess. Nice. And, uh, uh, I'm surprised this fight's too low on the card. Yeah, me too. I, I'm actually r- really upset all of a sudden. Because I just realized I'm not going to be able to see this fight. <laughs> I thought you had Fight Pass. Got rid of Fight Pass. Um, nice. I'm going to Buffalo Wild Wings on Saturday at 8 o'clock. To watch the prelims on FS1 and then the pay-per-view. And this is the fight before the prelims start on FS1. I am pissed. God damn it. Um, Stamen is a powerful guy, like I said. A powerful wrestler. Caraway, I just feel like he's a guy who finds a way to win somehow, some way. Like, he doesn't have the best skills in the world. He's not, like, a power hitter. He's not, like... A jiu-jitsu ace, but he's solid. He's I don't know, he just wall, finds wow. a way to win, right? He beat Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, Eddie Wineland. Yeah, so I don't uh, know what to think. I, I felt like those two wins, he was like talked about at the top of the division. Yeah. He's close to the title shot, and then we haven't seen him in quite some time. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I'm going to pick Stamen to win by decision, but I'll probably be wrong. Yeah, I'm going to go with Caraway by decision also. All right. Uh, Mike Powell, retirement fight. He's heading out, calling it a day against Zach Atau. It's a memorable last fight. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. On fight pass prelims. Yeah. Um, I'll root for him, you know, go out on no, the I've always liked Mike Powell. He's a solid guy, really tough. I don't give a shit about this Zach Atal At- guy. I mean, sorry, but if his parents are listening, it's it's not personal. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Johnson versus Adam Milstead is the first night of the fight. First fight of the night. Sorry to <laughs> and, uh, uh, solid prospects. I don't know. I don't, I don't either because I've never heard of either of them. Jordan Johnson is definitely the favorite and the better prospect of the two, but it's 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 not, it has it, it has a place on the card. It's just not a lot to say. So I won't say anything else. We've said too much. Let's move on to the news. News. Uh, John Jones had his hearing with the CSAC, California State Athletic Commission. Really today. well. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. 
surprisingly it did in the end, right? With whatever they decided, yeah. but basically, well, people getting fined two hundred thousand dollars. Well, I mean, the fact that they only revoked his license until August twenty eighteen. Come on. Now it doesn't mean anything really because the main part for this is the fine two hundred and five thousand dollars, forty percent of his purse. <coughs> Uh, and now it's up to USADA to come in with their ruling and work, I guess, with the Athletic Commission on a final. I don't know. It's so I think bizarre. USADA is going to wreck him. I think USADA is going to give him a one-year suspension, and he'll be back fall of this year. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought. I thought that also um, prior to him. Just looking like a total ass in this hearing. Um, he is a loser. Had, John Jones is a loser. The way, yeah. I mean, he had nothing, no excuses. It was basically like, why would I do something like that? That was his yeah. whole argument. Like, yes, we've tested every single supplement I was taking, and none of them came up with turn the ball. Like, he just basically kept swearing and. I did not do it. Why would I do it with all yeah. this stuff? And and then he admits that his management forged his signatures on the USADA training program for two years in a row, right? So, yeah. what? It was awesome because he like, zoomed out and showed Malky as he's saying that. He just like looked like he just wanted to crawl under a rock and die. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Paul Borges, my buddy uh, on Facebook, he posted... Uh, a gif of someone <laughs> digging their own grave. And <laughs> yeah. that was uh, pretty apt. Pretty apt. I mean, he just kept going and going. And the more he said, the more he was, like, incriminating himself. I know. It was, the, the one lady was, uh, like, super grilling him about everything that's happened. And I think at one point, I don't know if it's the exact quote, but to prevent drinking and driving, he was like, I hired a driver so drinking and driving will never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> Basically said he's still going to go out drinking, but he's just, he's got a driver now. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> they were saying, like, what stupid thing are you going to do next? You should find new management, right? Like, it was crazy. Yeah, he made, like, some joke about getting new management or something. Yeah. Not so. Yeah, no, but... Ultimately, I'd really, I'd be surprised, I would be shocked if he got anything more than two years. Yeah. Like, two years, I feel like, is the absolute maximum, and that will go back to next year, so basically it would be until, like, July 2019. But I think that's the max. I think it's going to be, like, a year or 18 months. Yeah, I think you're probably right, probably, like, 18 months, two years, although, I mean, I I really thought he was just going to get like a year up until that hearing when he was just like, had no idea what the side of training even was. It's like, well, really, my team and I, we know in our hearts we have no intention to treat. So we didn't really think we had to pay attention to that. Yeah. And well, then he goes I mean, and fails drug test multiple times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what the hell, dude? I don't even really think, care. Like, it's only your yeah. stupidity that you're getting caught. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I just, clearly I think you did saw like, make an example out of him after saying that. I don't think they're going to make an example out of John Jones because the UFC is going to be like, 
I'll give you 500000 under the <laughs> yeah, table. Or we're going to terminate you. Contract. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Selfishly, I want him back as soon as possible. I don't care, but I don't want anyone to get suspended because then we can't watch him fight. So yeah, it's crazy that the commission dude literally said that. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. like I want to see you fight as soon as possible. Yeah, well, I don't want to ruin you know end your career here. Yeah, I really think he means well. Just oh my god, bunch of bullshit. It is, but they're happy to take the two hundred five thousand dollars. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> now let's see if he does what Nick Diaz did and like refused to pay for a long time. Yeah. Um, I wonder if he probably still hasn't paid him. Yeah, I would be surprised. Brock Lesnar back in the news took a really? picture with Dana White in Vegas, uh, yeah. and then yeah. today Dana White said, uh, "What did he say? Hold on, I have the quote." On my phone, there's a very, very, very good chance Brock Lesnar fights again in the UFC. Really? That's what he said. So, Brock Lesnar will never fight again in the UFC. That's the news. <laughs> I mean, did he is he been cleared by his drug test? Uh, whenever he puts the name back in the thing, he has to wait six more months. Yeah. So even and he's signed through WrestleMania, I think, with uh, WWE. So. Probably the soonest he could be back is like end of the year. Yeah. That's probably what they'll save him for. Yeah. Oh my god, could you imagine? Remember when the Fox deal first happened, they did like Kane versus JDS as the first yeah. event. What if we're on ESPN now and we're gonna do a little event at the end of the year as a preview, Brock Lesnar versus John Jones. Jesus Christ. That no, great. that would have to be pay-per-view. <laughs> All right, Brock yeah. Lesnar versus Mark Hunt 2. <laughs> yeah, that was so fun the first time around. <laughs> I don't know. Something. Brock Lesnar versus anybody. Andre Arlowski, you know, Crazy when you can't even think we could fight for Brock Lesnar anymore. Well, they're all good. Yeah. I mean, you I know, like, like, it doesn't matter. Like It's almost like a Ronda fight. It didn't matter who she was yeah. fighting. But uh, speaking of Ronda... She's in the news. Made her uh, WWE debut? I don't think she has yet. She has, yes. Did she actually wrestle? Well, kind of, sort of. She slammed Triple H through the table and then got slapped by Stephanie McMahon. Not really. Yeah. Looks like she's going to... I didn't watch it. I could care less. But uh, looks like she's going to fight Stephanie McMahon at WrestleMania. Well... MMA Fighting says it's going to be a mixed tag team match. Her and Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be great. <laughs> I thought Kurt Angle was crippled. Yeah, he's got a lot of injuries. Um, I I couldn't even bring it upon myself to watch the clip of, of it. I mean, I just saw a picture of her, and I was like, Ugh, I can't. Uh, she like Judas my own favorite table. I guess. I don't know. Didn't watch. Triple is a big dude. Yeah, he is. He's triple. Triple the size of a regular <laughs> H. So, what you gonna do? I don't know. I got nothing else to say. I, I don't even know why I brought it up because I don't care, but it is relevant and I'm sure uh, something. How long do you think that's going to last after WrestleMania? I think she'll go until... SummerSlam, yeah. is that a thing? And then 
she'll be so embarrassed by how bad she is, and she'll quit and cry to her sounds, mama. Sounds pretty familiar. Yeah. Of her movie career. <laughs> and her oh, UFC no, career. Think... And her Olympic <laughs> career. <laughs> uh, she is a uh, head case. I think after WWE, she's going to... Um, <laughs> She's gonna. I don't know. I was gonna. (laughs) Until she can't perform, and then uh, she's gonna start a podcast, and then et cetera, et cetera. cetera. They will get her on. Yeah. No thanks. (laughs) No thanks. I'm turning her down. She she emailed me begging, begging to come on. No. So you're telling me. <laughs> no, I'll take her in a heartbeat. But um, <laughs> let's talk about let's transition once more to video games. Final topic of the episode. Not much doing here. Yeah. Uh, I played a couple of mobile games. Actually, probably played the best mobile game of all time. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean. Not as good as Hearthstone, which I'm still playing as well. I'm not going to talk about it at all. But Hearthstone is amazing, and I've been playing that, and I've really got to level 16 with the Wizards, and... No, that's not even a class, but... Uh, no, this game called Florence. As far as, like, is $3. It only, like, half an hour, 45 minutes to play through the whole thing. But it's worth it for the experience. It's, like, really, if you put headphones on... And you play this game, it's the most immersive and affecting game I've ever played on a phone. Like, really? It has a really cool art style, creative, like, game. I'd say gameplay, but it's more like it's uh, just following a story of this this girl, Florence. It's like a journey of she's all alone, you know, depressed, all alone, going through the motions at work, dealing with her mom, calling her and asking her about a relationship. And then she falls in love with this guy, and you go through the ups of a re- of the relationship, and then the downs, and then it's a really cool game. I mean, really creative with like, there's a point where you go on your first date, and you like, there's no dialogue or choices. It like a thought bubble or a speak bubble pops up, and it's a puzzle, like to figure out what to say. I guess it's like. Uh, yeah. And it's like this nine-piece puzzle. And then as the conversation goes on, the puzzle becomes less and less until finally it's like so natural that you're just literally putting one piece into the the puzzle. Yeah. It's a really good job of like sh- representing just the growth and relationship in a creative way. And like you, when you have an argument, the it's three puzzle pieces only, but as it gets, the edges get sharper on the puzzle as it goes on. Like, clearly you're saying more mean and personal things, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, really, just a really creative game. Beautiful, visually, great sound design and, and music and stuff. So, I, I would recommend nice. it. I would recommend What's it called? It. Florence. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so, what is the gameplay? Is it, like, text story or? It's, like... Touch, I don't know. Yeah, basically, kind of like text story, but there's like when the guy moves into your apartment, you like you moving his stuff in, and it's like 
there's not enough room, so you have to decide which of your things you're taking away to put his things up. And I don't know. It's just uh, a creative way to show the like the full life of a, a relationship from beginning to end. Yeah, really cool. Well, really cool. cool. Uh, the other game I'm sure you've heard of that I've been playing. I played once. Uh, I bought it like months ago because it was a dollar, and I heard good reviews. But Plague Inc. Yeah, oh yeah, I played this. Yeah, like <laughs> it's it's basically you have to. Your goal is to create a virus that kills everyone in the entire world. Yeah, and you like mutate it over time, and it seems to. Yeah, and like yeah, it is. It's fun for a few playthroughs, I suppose. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can like pick different attributes and stuff. Pretty sick game. <laughs> yeah. Hey, especially as like you get into it and they start developing a vaccine, you're like doing everything you can to put off the vaccine. Yeah, it's like a scary. Like one of my biggest fears is one of these like epidemics sweeping, and killing everybody. So I'm like shaking in my boots as I'm trying to kill everybody. No. <laughs> no, it's it's fun, like you said, for a playthrough or two. I'm sure I'll, if I'm bored and uh, I'm, and I'm not playing Hearthstone, I might do it. You know. Yeah. But that's yeah, all. Yeah, I used to play. There was like a Flash game uh, before the actual play game. Came. It was similar. Yeah, I think I played that as well. I think it was called Flash Game before Play Inc was invented. That was exactly what it was called. <laughs> All right, let's let's get on out of here. We already told you what's happening next next week. Black Panther, James Bond, Edgar Chaput, Oscar review, fall box office draft review. We'll see you there. Goodbye. Peace. Oh wait, uh, follow us on Twitter <laughs> at failing to podcast. I on Twitter at failing to tweet. I'll on Twitter at <laughs> Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes. And seriously, this time. Thank <laughs> you.